Great to have you with us at Curious Conversations About Sex, brought to you by Curious Creatures. In case it's not clear from the title, this podcast includes conversations about sex, so have a think about who's in earshot and enjoy. Today, we're switching. I'm being interviewed by someone else. Well, sort of. I, I can't really turn off my interviewer slash facilitator, so there's a little bit of topping from the bottom going on, but never mind. You may remember Asaya McKimmy from a few episodes back. Uh, we had a great chat about safer sex. Uh, in fact, we liked it so much that they wanted to interview me about oral sex for their podcast, which is called Love, Sex and Intimacy, and that's linked to in the show notes. Uh, so we're having a listen to that conversation here, starting with Asaya trying to work out whether or not they actually like oral sex. I love oral sex. I want to I wanna start by just putting it out there. I And I particularly love giving oral sex. Go for it. Tell me why you like oral sex and why you particularly like giving. Yeah. You know, good question. It's a good question because I've often asked this myself. I know that not everyone shares my uh, my enthusiasm for mm. for this. Mm. There's something for me that actually feels really intimate about it, and even I would say really comforting about it. Like I actually find there is something comforting about it. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, can you say a little more about comforting? Like, why is it comforting? It's often portrayed as such a graphic kind of an act. You're talking about a, a different angle on it. Yeah. And it is, isn't it? Like, often um, when, when we see it portrayed, there's this real, um, there's this real power imbalance yeah. to it. And it's quite a disconnected act. For me, I actually often find it really connected and really loving. And I think that that has probably influenced my perspective and has helped me um, really learn to enjoy it over the years. Mm. And I, I, yeah, I really relate. I feel like, uh, I feel like there's, there's, on both sides of the exchange, it can be such an intimate thing. If you're the one um, making your genitals available to be given or taken oral from, it's like uh, you are putting yourself on the line and, and receiving and giving a gift to your partner. And there's something about it which is so much more specific and I almost want to say not generous than, say, fucking or some other acts. I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to describe, but I really hear you on that. It's, it's intimate. It's very intimate. Yeah, and there is something about that, that oh, almost like kind of being in the limelight, which I think is what makes it, um, can make it more intimate. You know, when, when you might just be fucking or having sex, that there can be a kind of, um, you know, a potential disconnection there but there's something about you're right you're you're making yourself really available there is something often that's quite generous about it yes um yes it feels a little more personal also uh, i dare say a little more challenging and confronting like i feel like uh it seems to be more challenging for most people than uh traditional fucking whatever that means in their combination of um partners and genitals or whatever yes would you agree with that 
Absolutely. I, I think it's often a, it, you know, for me, it's often a topic that comes up in therapy as, uh, you know, sometimes a contentious issue in a relationship or when I'm asking couples, um, you know, about their, their practices because perhaps they want to make things more exciting or they've lost their desire around something. I'll ask about what they're currently doing. And oral sex often comes up as the one that's um, a little bit contentious. Perhaps one partner wants to give or receive and the other doesn't or the one yeah. that they're like, oh, no, we don't do that, or, oh, no, I don't do that. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it goes to our shame around our genitals a lot more than other activities do. Uh, if we have any nervousness and discomfort around our taste or our smell or our presentation, um, when someone is sucking your junk, there is just, I think there's no way to avoid that psychological challenge. And like, I, I don't know about you, but I often, I mean, I'm pretty at peace with my, with my genitals these days, but I know historically I found oral difficult to receive because the first thing that would happen is I'd lie back and just have all these horrible thoughts like, oh my God, do I smell? And oh my God, do they like my junk? And oh my God. God, is this really gross for them? Yeah. And see, that's so interesting to me because I have heard women share those exact same thoughts and worries. And I actually have never heard uh, a, a male share that perspective before. Yeah, well, you know, we're socialized not to talk about this stuff and admit our vulnerability. So it's not such a common theme. <laughs> I think um, I don't want to make a generalization. I don't know which um, I don't know who suffers from this more, but I think most people most of the time will have some level of self-doubt about their genitals and oral sex is going to bring it up. Absolutely. Am I normal? Do I look normal? Do I smell normal? What does my partner think of me? Yes. So I think like, like, um, uh, I, I can see part of my, my brain is getting into pragmatic. Mode. <laughs> um, I, I can't help thinking that one of the, one of the things that makes for um, uh, like like a great agreement between partners that are, that are doing oral, like any sexual activity, but it's especially important with oral, is almost like a promise, like to say, I will not go down on you if I am not in the mood. And if I encounter anything that I think is not quite right, I promise I will bring it up in a loving and respectful way. Uh, likewise, if you're going down on me and I'm not in the mood, I promise I will intervene. Like I won't just tolerate the experience because I think you're liking it. Um, so kind of like a, a guarantee or a commitment that, that both parties are going to be congruently into the role. Yeah, you know what? I like that because there are some days when, you know, in general, we, we might be great with oral sex. And some days when we, we, we're just not, we just don't want to go there for whatever reason that might be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, um, I, I think another background thing is... Um, some of that shame that we have around our genitals, I think oral sex is a good time to slip in a little bit of uh, genital appreciation or even genital worship. Like if someone's if someone's about to go down on you and they, they, they stop before they do and they just thank you for the um, – I like whatever it means to them. Thank, thank you for the opportunity um, and just say, look, I'm really loving here being at your genitals. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna enjoy this process. And by the way, I really like your junk. Um, it's really sweet. It's a nice thing to hear. Yeah. And you're right. It is, it is powerful to hear that affirmation and to hear that the other person is actually enjoying themselves. I think these are the things that we don't always or don't often 
put into words that, that can really yeah. make a big difference. Um, yeah, I really agree. Yeah. Uh, and I do know because, you know, we've we've spoken before and I know something that we're, you know, that, that is quite important to both of us is communication and consent. And I would say that in general, we need more communication during sex. Yeah. Tons, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons. I reckon I, I sometimes talk about setting up academic learning spaces with a partner where the purpose is purely just to learn. So you can talk and talk and talk. There's no pressure or expectation on anyone to already be good at something that they couldn't possibly already be good at. And it's a spot where there's going to be lots and lots of feedback and no pressure uh, so you can just actually learn, like you've got to teach someone how you like your junk sucked or licked or bitten or blown on or, or whatever, because no one's the same. And even even our own process is quite different from one minute to the next. So, yeah, I don't know. Take the time to teach a partner how to do you. I love that because we so often expect that we should just know what to do yeah. or that our partner should just know what to do yeah. as well. And and, and, do, and does that work as a strategy? <laughs> uh, yeah, generally, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. We're just That's really so... setting ourselves up for disappointment, aren't we? <laughs> That's amazing. It's such a frame. We've been so framed by that idea that we're just magically meant to know. Yeah, and we, and we so... don't expect this of anything else in our lives or very few other things in our lives. Yeah. What is it about sex and I guess also our own psychology that we feel like we should already magically know how to navigate it? It's it, like, it's just amazing. It's, it's like anything else. If you haven't studied it, you're probably not an expert. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. So do you know what I, I like you said that setting up that, that educational space, because actually having these conversations before we get into the bedroom and get our gear off just makes yes. things easier, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And and part of that is uh, you can just tell your partner what you think you know about your genitals. Like generally speaking, I think I like this. I think I don't like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing that, that can be really helpful to to let a partner know and the thing that we often, you know, kind of avoid because we feel embarrassed about is letting them know these are my fears and this is what I do feel embarrassment around in regard to my body, my genitals and oral sex. Yeah, beautiful. And that's where that's where this starts to become therapeutic and I hate to use the word healing, but that's where this becomes a healing process. Yes. And, and if you've got that relationship with your partner, oh, what a beautiful thing to share. Yeah, absolutely. Because when they know that we're feeling vulnerable, when they hear it, they're then in a position to to support us and to offer the reassurance in whatever way we might need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and can I also wave a flag for the idea of um, trust yourself around around your ideas and thoughts around what you think you might like, even if you think that's not the standard. Um, and can I back? Can I back that up with an embarrassing story? Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, in terms of my teeth, um, I have this one particular fang on the on the, on my lower jaw, which has never been uh, removed, and it protrudes out um, very substantially from the other teeth. You don't generally notice it, but um, I'm sitting here touching my lips at the moment, and it is so damn obvious. So I had one partner, a um, vulva-owning partner, um, 
who pretty much the only way they could get off was if I absolutely jammed that fang right into their clit and jiggered my head from side to side, basically as hard and as rapidly as I could. And they adored it. That was their, that was the icing on their cake, no matter what the cake was. Wow. Um, but that... But that, for most people, is just about the worst thing you could possibly do. There, there are a lot of people, like with, um, just since we're talking about clits, there are a lot of people with clits who uh, I, I've been with partners who can't cope with any more touch than just gently pushing on the hood of the clit while it's still over the clit. Like they can't even, uh, uh, for them, any contact with the clit itself is just too much contact. So, yeah, I've had a couple of, a couple of moments of, of uh, learning that, no, actually, you need to check in with people and find out what they want before you get down to business. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we we all do like different things, whether we're vulva owning, penis owning, or, you know, whatever our genitalia is, we are all going to like different things on, on different days. And I think this yeah. is particularly one of the areas where pornography doesn't help us because, you know, it's that hard, fast, you know, all about the clitoris. And, and that just isn't how so many people are. That isn't what so many of us enjoy. Yeah, really agree. Um, I, I think in terms of our genitals start just above our knees and they go all the way up and finish kind of pretty much at our nipples. Um, that entire region is our genitals um, and make sure you um, uh, do good service to the whole area. Yes. You really write about porn. I think um, uh, we sometimes, in the absence of sex education, Many people look to porn and assume that what they are seeing is not entertainment, but it is, in fact, also education and then try to replicate what's on porn. I, I am not anti-porn as a rule, but um, as a substitute for education, um, oh, wow, we set ourselves up for some failures. Yep, um, yep, absolutely. Porn is designed around what the producer thinks its audience wants to see, and it's also designed for what fits on a relatively small screen, and that's not sex. Yes. Yes. And you're right that I, you know, I, I kind of agree with you in the sense that I'm not um, anti-porn as a rule, um, but I don't think it's a substitute for education. And I think it shows us quite a narrow perspective so much of the time. Yeah, I really agree. And if you don't know the difference between education and entertainment, oh, that's, 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 so, that's so tricky. That's so tricky. I really feel for young people. Yeah. So I want to come back to something because you, you know, you mentioned um, this uh, vulva owning partner you had that really liked um, quite, quite firm, shall we say, quite vigorous pressure on, on her clitoris. <laughs> very, very vigorous. Very vigorous. <laughs> And so this kind of reminded me, and again, and again that, that we're all different. Um, you, you are you are a penis owning person, Correct. and so there's there's something I think I you know I'm wanting to to get some of your perspectives around this because I think some of the things that um, you know, particularly women who you know who don't own penises, um, will often um, I guess the message that we get is that they are quite delicate pieces of equipment and you know and they are but I think we're often surprised at exactly how much pressure they can handle sometimes yeah sorry we're talking about vulvas or penises penises now penises yeah right oh god yeah um 
Well, I like yeah, I, I love the way you you framed it by way of saying um, every everyone is different. Every every in this case, penis is different. Um, but yeah, they can take quite a lot, and there's a lot of people in the fetish and kink community that are into what you might regard as extreme acts of violence against their genitals. Obviously, done in a loving and trusting and consented to um, relationship. But yeah, they can take quite a pounding if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> they can, and I, you know, I I know I sometimes have heard um, about particular acts or seen. Um, you know, pictures or video of particular acts and really wondered how doesn't that hurt? Um, but there's a fine line between pleasure and pain. And there's a, <laughs> Yeah, there's a fine line and sometimes they're the same thing. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> and, so, and so what everyone wants and enjoys will be different and it will be different on different days as well. Yeah, I really agree. I, um, uh, as an example, I quite like teeth pulling my scrotum away from my body uh, with quite a lot of pressure. But then again, most of the time, um, the head of my cock is just too sensitive for any form of touch, um, which is a bit of a problem with oral, or at least it's a, not a problem, but it's, um, it's definitely something that I need to communicate with partners. Oh. Um, and for a lot, of, a lot of cock owners, that's like the most sensitive part that they like the most. So, you know, go figure. Good luck with that. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Um, I've got a um, just just as we um, I like that we're getting into specifics. Um, I've got a, another thought around the background stuff. <clears throat> yeah, please. Um, I think that um, one of the things that people often that doesn't always go as well, or, or that comes out in oral sex as a problem. It's it's actually there in a lot of forms of sexual exchange, but it's really obvious in oral. Is the question of who is this act for? So, mm. one one version of events is is if I um, say approach you and say, hey. Can I have the use of your genitals? I would just like to play with them for a while. It is for my benefit. I, I am going to be enjoying the tastes and the smells and the, and the feeling. Um, I'm probably going to be playing with my nipples and I might come. Um, I don't want anything to be painful or uncomfortable for you. But other than that, I really don't care that much about your experience so long as you're willing to consent to this particular exchange. It'll probably take 15 or 20 minutes. Um, yeah, may I use your junk? So that's one version of events ah. where it's all where it's obviously very much about me. <laughs> and the other version is like, um, hey, can you suck me off? Like, I really want to come. I, I want you as my servant. Um, I um, am probably going to want to come. I'm probably going to want to give you instructions on how to how to please me. Um, it's, it's mostly all about me. If you're willing to be my absolutely fabulous automaton sex toy, that'd be great. So, like... Both of those versions of events are completely legitimate. One of them, um, it's, it's just a question of who is this act for? Is it for the giver or the receiver? And I think if both people are expecting the pleasure to be exclusively for them, then the exchange is not going to work. Uh, or if a partner implies that it's going to be for the other person, but it's actually for them, that's not going to work. Or if both partners are waiting for the other person to find pleasure in the act, then it's just never going to happen. Yeah. So as long as you're both on the same page around that. And some, sometimes it's mutual. Like sometimes it's like, well, I want this to be for both of us. But sometimes it's one-sided and that can be fine so long as you're clear on it. I think that's such a good point because um, there can be a whole lot of misconceptions about if I'm giving touch – 
it should be for the other person's pleasure. Um, yeah. But it, it actually really is okay for us to touch for, for our own pleasure uh, and for us to then allow someone to, to touch us for, for their pleasure. And I think um, the really key parts in there, as you mentioned, uh, are consent. So there's understanding and agreement around it. And for me, that there's balance around it as well, so that it isn't always about one person's pleasure, that there's actually uh, a balance in there of each person receiving pleasure at different times as well. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, love it. Love it. Hey, friends. I'm interrupting with a favour to ask. I create this podcast for free because I like spreading the good word of sex positivity. I actually really dig it, and if anyone wants to pay me just to make this podcast, I'd be so on board with that. But in the meanwhile, I have a favour to ask. For every 10 episodes you listen to, please think about one episode that might appeal to one person in your life and send them a message suggesting that they have a listen. This is not like an actual contract between us, of course, because you didn't get any say in it, Um, but you'd be really helping the cause if you're willing to get on board with that. Thanks. So... So I'm I'm curious. I, I think this is um, I think something that kind of um, holds a lot of people back from perhaps wanting or feeling more comfortable giving oral sex is feeling like they're not quite sure what they're doing or if you know if they're doing what's really enjoyable to yeah. to a partner. What yeah. and you know what are these things like? I've heard, um, you know, we've heard some of what uh, is enjoyable for for you, um, you know, and some of what's been enjoyable for partners as well. But for these people who might be wondering, like, what do I do? How do I give good oral sex? What do we have to say to them? <laughs> um, yeah, so look, I reckon that uh, no one person is the same. So you have to have the conversation firsthand or first around what do you what do you think you know about what you generally like and, and, and don't like. I think you need to put an agreement in place that you both parties will interrupt if they're not sure and that the person that's receiving the pleasure is really congruently free to redirect activities if things aren't quite right. Yes. Yeah. And that's often um, challenging because we it, don't want it, to hurt someone's feelings. You know, we we might not have the language for it. It can be really hard to, to tell someone like, oh, you know what, I, I don't love that right now. What I would prefer is if you did this instead. Yes, and I think uh, we are cultured so that we're not used to communicating during sex. And if someone uh, asks us to do something differently, a lot of us do somewhat understandably take that personally. Um, But you can put that in place, and that's why I like the concept of the academic learning space. If you treat all sexual exchanges as a learning opportunity where you're both there to teach each other, oh, my God, it's just so easy and it's so much the path to success. Um, But I do do have a couple of specifics. Um, I love the phrase, um, and this is an individual little exercise that I do in my workshop, Fun Little Sex Games, and it's just called how could this oral be more perfect? Or if you're doing a different act, how could this touch be more perfect? And it's a question that it's good to ask about every half a minute or every minute because 
Even if person receiving the oral doesn't have something in their mind in particular that they'd like to change, if you ask that question with those particular words, it's amazing what information comes out. So if you're busy doing something and you just chuck in a quick, how could this oral be more perfect? Um, they might say a little slower and a little firmer or a little like, you know, can you go back to a lighter touch or can you try something firmer? Um, it goes in all sorts of directions. And as the person that's being asked that question, even when you know it's coming, you don't uh, know what you're going to say until it actually happens. And as the person giving oral, it means that you don't have to have the answers. Every time you're in doubt, every time you're not sure about what's going on, you just say, how could this oral be more perfect? Uh, and it's very different to a question which is like, is this okay, what I'm doing at the moment? Because if you are, if if you frame the question like that, then the person receiving has to sort of say, well, actually, no, it's not okay. I'd rather you did something different, which means that you've framed them to give you a little criticism. So if you phrase it as how could this oral be more perfect, then yeah, you're, you got made. Also, as the person receiving that's giving guidance, um, if all you say is, don't not like that. I'm not enjoying that. I mean, that's that's good and that's fair enough, and that's your human rights to say that. And if that's all you can come out with, then that's absolutely perfect. But if you're able to say something like, "Hey, thanks for like taking the time to go down on me. I would love it if you can do that a little gentler and a little like deeper. That would be just absolutely amazing." But again, like, thank you so much for like being here at my junk. I really appreciate it. So if you can positively lead someone towards exactly what you're wanting that's going to work a lot more often. Yes, because I think, you know, often we can see it as what's wrong and take something as criticism. Um, so I really like the words, how could it be more perfect? And that addition yeah. of appreciation, I think, can help people feel um, much more comfortable and, and more confident in what they're doing as well. Yeah, there's a saying in management that you need to give five compliments to members of staff for every piece of, quote, constructive feedback, unquote, that you give them. And so too it is with lovers. <laughs> you need to appreciate <clears throat> what they're doing and, and, and make sure they feel comfortable and psychologically happy. <laughs> yes, yes. Because I, I think the other thing about, you know, that, that question of how can it be more perfect and giving positive feedback is also, you know, if we ask, uh, is what I'm doing okay or are you you enjoying this um then one of the other answers that we can get all the time is yes <laughs> yes it's yeah, okay right, yes yeah. I'm enjoying it and then we don't actually know what they might prefer or what we could do that would make it better so that how could it be more perfect gets a really specific answer out but framed in a positive way Oh, beautiful. Yeah, you're right. Yes is good, but it actually doesn't give you much information. I love what you just said. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think I think if um, if you're giving someone oral and you notice that things are sort of potentially not going as well as they were, or you just notice that something's not quite right, um, yeah, again, like don't try and bluff your way past it. Just inquire as to anything could be better. Yeah. Or, or yeah, how could this be more perfect? Yes. Yes, exactly. And there's something about that that communication too that can really bring us to presence. You know, I think one yeah. of the tendencies during sex sometimes, and particularly if we're feeling, uh, you know, fearful or that shame is creeping in, is that we kind of check out. And that's how so many of us have learned to have sex, really kind of checked out. That communication brings us back to presence and connection with each other. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Keeps you in step. Um, and I think also on communication before the event, uh, sorry, I feel like this is all about communication, but I guess that's what I like. <laughs> 
Um, before the event, I think it's really great to manage expectations around erections, arousal, and orgasms. So specifically with regards to erections, uh, obviously this is a bit like male-specific, but um, uh, it's lovely to say something like, I don't care whether you're hard or whether you're soft or something in between. And um, for all people, I think it's great to say um, – you're welcome to try for an orgasm if you want, and I'm totally happy to support that mission. Um, but please don't feel like you need to. I, I don't care if you come. I just w- want to be here at your genitals, um, enjoying myself, you enjoying yourself. Um, please don't feel the pressure to come. Right. I think that's two really good points there because one is we one is uh, a flaccid penis can still experience a lot of pleasure. So just because there might not be an erection there doesn't mean that um, what's being done isn't being enjoyed or that the person isn't enjoying the connection. And secondly, just because uh, a sexual act doesn't lead to orgasm doesn't mean that it wasn't great and it wasn't really enjoyable. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why you don't sometimes want to go for an orgasm because for some of us that kind of knocks us out of action for a little while and that's not what we want. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, which whichever kind of genitals we have sometimes orgasm can can do that. Um, you know, yeah. and there's something about just wanting to, to keep enjoying the moment and, and the sensuality of it that can be really beautiful. Mm, beautiful yeah so, I, I want to check something out with you Rog because I have you know I've um asked uh, I've I've asked a lot of questions about sex over the years and I, I have really <laughs> I, I like your focus on communication you know when I you know when I decided to or in my process of learning to be a sexologist and sex therapist I always thought I would be teaching all these really amazing you know techniques and positions but so much of the time, what I'm actually doing is teaching people or teaching couples to to communicate and giving them the skills so they can explore and learn things themselves. But over the years, I have asked a lot of my lovers what they enjoy and and what they uh, you know what you know makes oral sex or different sexual acts good for them. And one of the things that I hear about oral sex is enthusiasm. So knowing that the other person is enjoying giving often makes it more enjoyable to receive. Mm-hmm. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you relate to that. Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I think it's a real turn off if you have a sense that a partner is there out of obligation or is just doing something because they think they should be doing it. Uh, and if you get a clear sense that your partner is really enjoying what's going on, that tends to wind up being a very positive cycle where each person's uh, expression of their arousal uh, feeds the other person's arousal. So they express more arousal, which feeds the other person's arousal. And it's a beautiful little upward spiral slash slippery slope slash whatever you want to call that. Um, And I think this is also a reason why we need to be really vocal. We need to make noise um, as part of our sexual play. That's a really important skill, the the, the ability to make sounds, make make arousal sounds. If you're happy, make known and things are just going to get better. Right, because this communication around letting someone know if we're enjoying ourselves and what we're enjoying doesn't have to be limited to 
I'm really enjoying that. Thank you very much. We can also show it <laughs> through through being vocal and and also through our body, through letting our body, uh, you know, move and express what it is we're enjoying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah really agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, because I find, you know, and we talked at the start about how, you know, I, I love giving oral sex. Um, for me, it's one of the things that is pretty much guaranteed to actually really heighten my arousal and turn me on. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I feel the same. Why do you, why is it such a reliable path for you? You know, I I still am not sure. I think that there is something about seeing um, my partner enjoy themselves. Um, And I perhaps it is that that aspect of giving, feeling like I'm giving where I feel loving and connected and open towards my partner, which for me is also really strongly connected to my sense of turn on. So, and and for me as a woman giving oral sex to a penis, there is something where I have to be kind of relaxed and surrendered. Otherwise, um, you know, otherwise it's not, it's not as enjoyable for me when I'm relaxed, uh, you know, and, and the back of my throat is relaxed, then I, I find it, um, I find it really enjoyable. Oh, yum. <laughs> that was really nice to hear that answer. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in Tantra, we have, um, uh, you know, we, ha- we use like the, the tongue in different positions on the roof of the mouth in, in yoga. And there's a position called full kachari mudra, which is tongue right at the back at that kind of soft place on, mm-hmm. on the back of the mouth. And that's said to kind of stimulate, um, you know, different glands and actually uh, even release what we call amrita, like a divine nectar. And I know that through oral sex, that place at the back of my, the back of my mouth, the back of my throat gets stimulated. And I know that that's kind of the place that a lot of um, women particularly tell me they don't enjoy, they don't enjoy that feeling. But I, I have really come to love that feeling. And mm. I've also learned to be able to really kind of relax into it. So there's something about my openness and surrender that it facilitates as well. At a guess, I would say there's a couple of things working in favour of that. Like there's your relaxation, yes, but you wouldn't be able to relax if you also didn't trust that your partner, the, the owner of the penis, is watching your feedback fairly carefully and isn't about to thrust past what's comfortable for you. Yes. Yes. And I would say that is absolutely true. I've been so lucky with, um, you know, with, with my lovers having, you know, very attentive, very present lovers. And, and I think you're right there that I can really trust that even while I'm giving, there's also a taking care of me in that process. Yeah. Beautiful, love it. Um, yeah, I know that um, there's been a couple of times where I've wound up um, participating in kind of thrusty oral sex, and I've caught myself after the event just needing to double check in just to um, 
just to really check that, that that's okay because I know it's kind of gross if if that's happening out of balance. So I think it's a really important point to communicate about. I think it's an absolute myth that to give good oral, you need – so I'm talking about sucking cock here, like whether you're a woman or a man. If you're sucking cock, I think it's a complete myth that you need to necessarily be into deep-throating for that to be a good experience. Um, however, either way, have that as a conversation up front uh, as to whether that's something you're interested in exploring. Um, like with the um, tongue positions you were talking about before, it reminds me of, of the importance of setting up an academic learning space where you can mess around on the internet, get some lots of advice and tips from various places, some of which will be complete rubbish and some of which will be amazing. But you need a space where you can just hang out and um, get to know someone's genitals and run some experiments and see what the feedback's like. Yeah, yeah. I, I love this um, I love this phrase, academic learning space, that you're talking about. Mm. And also that point that you're right. Like, you know, and again, I think this is um, where, where pornography doesn't help us that we don't necessarily have to love deep throating in order for oral sex, um, but you know, on a penis to to be enjoyable. That um, if we're not comfortable with that, we can start with um, with you know licking the outside. So we don't even have to have um, the penis fully in our mouths. We can, you know, we can lick, we can suck, we can, um, you know, have just the head of the penis in our mouth. And that's still going to be uh, likely very enjoyable for someone to receive. Yeah, beautiful. And I'm reminded we're very much within our rights to say to a partner, no, I don't want to do this in a orgasm focused kind of a way. Like I don't, I don't want to move towards that. I want to stay in more of what's sometimes called a valley state. Um, I want to chill out in a sort of a timeless kind of a zone with you. Uh, and that, that, that can be with either either genital type, like like sometimes, um, <laughs> how to say delicately, for, for, for both sides, for whether you're going down on a vulva or on a cock and balls, um, it can be really tiring work pushing for orgasm. So I think we are within our rights to say, I'd love to give you head, but I don't want it to go in that direction. Yeah, yes. And that, that that's a good point that we can be a bit more relaxed about it. We can take our time with it as well and we can you know we can build up we can enjoy these you know these peaks and these valleys um that that don't all have to be about it's not all about building up to a point uh you know we can enjoy this um you know sexual pleasure that that kind of um yeah dips and peaks at particular times I've got a, uh, I've got another fun little sex game as a way of teaching that particular skill. Um, I really like a game that I call the stills. And so the mission is basically that one person lies on their back with their head on a cushion and they have to be still, which is quite different from the way we normally do sex. And the other partner just offers them, uh, like touches them in various ways according to the you know agreements of that relationship. And as soon as the person that's receiving touch the person lying down, as soon as they flinch or move or giggle or do anything else, um, then you instantly just switch over and the giver is now the receiver and the receiver is now the giver. So it's an amazing way if you've got a partner that tends to touch you too firmly, or I guess if we're talking about cocks and oral if you've got a partner who's thrusting too enthusiastically then a game of the skills is an amazing like it's fun in itself um because it's fun to see just how far you can take it without moving like it's 
it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's a really good way to teach really, really delicate skill, touch skills. Ah, see, that sounds fun. I, I love little games and activities like this as well. Because I think one of the, I guess one of the messages that I'm always trying to share is that sex isn't about getting it right. It's about no. exploration and connection and, you know, and, and learning. Yes, yes. It's a creative process. It's an artistic process. And um, it's about running experiments and looking at the results. And yeah. So it's funny, it's funny that it's sex professionals. Our main, our main message is like, get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just forget getting it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take it from us. Not achievable. Unrealistic expectations. <laughs> And, and that we seem to we seem to have a very strong message about talking about it. Um, where where yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can but you can you can get a feel for it. I think like just in in terms of all the conversations that we've just had there about the background stuff that needs to be in place. It just sets the scene for the most like playful, unpressured, joyful, possibly as arousing as hell. But who cares? Like it just sets the scene for the nicest exchange. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Now, there's just a couple of things I want to I want to touch on kind of before we finish up, because it's, you know, we have been talking about so much about um, setting the scene and communication. Some of the practical things around, you know, if we are feeling slightly uncomfortable about giving or receiving oral, um, you know, yes, there is having this communication beforehand and, you know, letting our partner know what we think we like, what we might be afraid of, um, what we might need in the situation to, to feel more comfortable. But some kind of practical suggestions around that for me are, you know, as we spoke about, we can often worry that, um, we can worry about the way we look and the way we smell. And so for me, uh, you know, just kind of educating ourselves on the beautiful variety of human genitalia can sometimes help us feel more comfortable with someone getting up close and personal with our own mm, genitals. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes, you know, I always think that, you know, normally our, our lovers are turned on by the way we smell. It's, you know, part of how we're essentially wired as human beings. But if we are really worried about that, it is actually okay for us to to have a shower or wash first just to kind of put ourselves a little bit more at ease around this, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, 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 love it. Um, and um, anytime you're in doubt about your smell or presentation or whatever, just pause and just say, hey, can I just double check? Is this all, like, do I smell okay? Is everything, um, yeah, yeah, check in. Yeah. Uh, and another one that, that I love um, and that helps, um, you know, I guess for me both um, psychologically and practically or I know has helped my clients psychologically and practically is so I'm a big fan of coconut oil and I know Yay. it doesn't work in, um, you know, in, in all situations, but it one is it can it can help um, lubricate. Um, it can help if we're uh, giving oral sex on a penis. Uh, you know, it can make things. 
uh, slide a little bit more easily, particularly if we're not feeling comfortable, we're taking the whole penis in our mouth. We can then use our hands and some oil to um, to give a bit more of that slippery uh, sensation there. But coconut oil can also have just a really slight, um, you know, coconut fragrance that can help people feel, you know, a little bit more comfortable as well. Yeah, absolutely. A really great tip, what you just described, a really great tip if you want to give a cock-owning partner the sense that they are fully inside you but you're uncomfortable um, taking all of their cock in your mouth. Uh, yeah, as you say, coconut oil around the hands and moving your hands in the same rhythm as if they're an extension of your lips. Um, when one is on the receiving end of that, um uh, if it's done half well, uh, it's actually kind of impossible to tell where the mouth stops and the hands begin, which is just beautiful. And I really agree with your general comment about coconut oil. Coconut oil just makes pretty much everything better. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got some specifics. I love the process of the tease. So I love touch that starts like all around the bottle body and looks like it's going to come in, come in and touch the genitals and then just at the last minute diverts off. And then you can start to do that with warm breath and cool breath from your mouth, just like blowing on someone and having someone using breath on your genitals. It's so close and it's so intimate and yet they're not quite there yet. There's something about that that I just love. Mm. Otherwise, everything just like, yeah, kissing, nibbling, licking, pinching, biting, um, and all, all parts of the genitals, like treat it as a, almost like a methodical work through and find which parts are sensitive and which aren't. And I have one specific tip around um, giving oral on cunts, which is um, if you can coordinate it, sometimes it's nice to have uh, a finger inside just still but firmly um, on the G-spot whilst uh, dedicating most of your attention to the clit. Um, I would never say that anything works for all people all the time, but I would say that that works for some people a fair bit of the time. That's certainly one that works for me. I like that that combination of, um, of fingers or one finger even, sometimes two fingers, G-spot and clitoris. Yeah, yay. Beautiful. It's just the way nature intended. <laughs> yeah, but also the the tease as a as a vulva owning person, the tease for me as well. That the you know, that there is so much I think of there is so much of the genitals that gets missed in general. You know, we know that the clitoris feels really good, the G spot feels really good, and you know, particularly the head of the penis feels really good. Yeah. And that's where we can concentrate our our attention. But you know, the outer labia, to have them um, be given attention, the inner labia, to have someone really take their time um, and stimulating that area also between the outer labia and the inner labia. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, and, and pulling and stretching them away from the body. Also, I don't know what it's like on you, but I love a firm pressure on my perineum. Uh, I sometimes like having my balls and scrotum cupped in a hand. Uh, and, and and yeah, the, the tease, the build-up. Um, when someone gives me oral and they just go straight in for big, full, massive um, sucking movements, um, I'm just like, whoa, slow down, you've missed something. I'm not there yet. <laughs> yes, the, the build-up, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of anticipation. Yes. 
yes. <laughs> slow, slow and steady sometimes as well. Yeah, true that. True that. Um, maybe as a, um, I'm, I'm not sure how many more thoughts you've got, but maybe as a, towards the end, um, what are your thoughts on 69s? So where uh, two people are giving each other oral simultaneously. Yeah, you know, I love it, but here's the thing for me. <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, like, maybe it's my concentration span, but sometimes it's really hard. <laughs> To concentrate on giving and receiving equally at the same time. Yeah, no, it is. I think I think most people, I, I would almost say all of us, are better at ju- just doing one activity or the other. It's very hard to do a really good job of receiving and giving at the same time. I really agree. I've got the same. That's that's my perspective. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's great, and I enjoy it, and and I'm really all for it. But there is something about um, really just being able to take my time and and really sink into that giving or the receiving, both of which I really enjoy that, um, that I feel like I don't always get to. And, and because also some of the positions required for, for 69 as well, they're, you know, they're, they're not always about both people being absolutely comfortable. One person's often kind of having to hold their weight or their body or their necks <laughs> in a particular yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, it's not an activity that was designed by ergonomicists, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. Just, just lastly, 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 lastly is um, debrief after the event. Three, three questions. Uh, what went well? Like, what did you enjoy? What was easy? Um, the second question is probably the most important one. So, what would you do differently, or more of, or less of next time? And then, lastly, what do you appreciate about this pl- this partner? That that's where the learning happens. Yeah, and I particularly love that, what do you appreciate about this partner? Because I think, you know, we can kind of sometimes end up with a bit of a vulnerability hangover after sex, feel feel a little bit open and having that kind of connection and and hearing the appreciation can help us kind of feel a little bit, uh, a little bit more secure, a little bit more connected. Yeah, yum. Raj, thank you so much. This has been a a most enjoyable conversation. (laughs) It was really great doing oral with you, with you. <laughs> oh, it was just there. It's just, it was there. I had to take it. It was, anyway, thanks. <laughs> oh, no, well, I'll hope that we, uh, that we get to talk again. <laughs> Cheers. Just a friendly reminder, do you know anyone that might like this episode? Share it with them now. Yay!